Welcome to This Week in Lotus. The weekly roundtable discussion of all things social, collaboration, technology and community. Here's your host, Stuart McIntyre. This Week in Lotus, episode 77, recorded on Thursday, 10th November 2011. Outside the inbox, Marnix Kamer, Ruben Bakiri and Dale Roberts joined Darren and I to discuss social business, the London Social Business Breakfast, IBM Benelux's new Outside the Inbox campaign and more, coming right up. This show is a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. You can find this and other tech-related podcasts at techpodcast.com. Well, hello and welcome to This Week in Lotus. I'm Stuart McIntyre and we are back for episode 77 of the weekly Lotus and Social Business Roundtable. As ever, I'm joined by Darren Duke. Hello, Darren. Good morning, Stuart. How are you? I am really fine, thank you. Uh, it's been a, a good week, very busy week over here. How's things with you? Um, yeah, it's 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 going. Um, IBM have tried to tempt me by giving me another <laughs> week to to stew in my own juices of should he or shouldn't he, and right now he's not. <laughs> You're being strong. I'm amazed, Darren, because when I saw that they'd uh, extended the uh, abstract call uh, until the 11th, which I guess is tomorrow, isn't it? Friday the 11th, uh, probably the day this this podcast goes out. Um, I thought you would have to get an abstract or two in. Well, luckily for me, the a lot of world-ending technology issues popped up this <laughs> week. So that's kind of took my attention away from sitting in front of a computer. And not only that, not only that, but I have a MacBook Air. You do? You've come across to the good side. Well, I'm on the fence right now. It's a <laughs> bit esoteric in places, to say the least. <laughs> you and Sharon Bellamy are in the same boat right now, I think. Anyway, it's great to have you back once again for uh, this week's episode. Um, we are joined by a couple of folks that are very much on the social business side of things. Um, first of all, we have a business partner, Reuben Pakiri. Hi there, Reuben. Hi, good morning. Good morning. It's great to have you on this week in Lotus at last. Do you want to tell us who you are and who you work for? Yes, I'm uh, head of social business at IBM business partner Digirati. Um, uh, my own personal background is uh, veteran of the dot-com era and uh, corporate IT uh, for seven years in that time before then. Um, and uh, I'm sort of taking a good fight on behalf of IBM out to the marketplace in terms of their flagship product connections. Excellent. Well, thanks for joining us today. Look forward to, to having a chat with you as we go through the uh, podcast. And we're also joined all the way from um, Belgium, I guess, by Marnix Kem. Hi there, Marnix. Um, yeah, it's the Netherlands, basically. But, uh, uh, I, kn- I knew I'd get that wrong. I had the two countries in my head and I thought... Yeah, it's 50% right. So, Marnix, do you want to tell us uh, who you work for these days? Because uh, you've changed in the last year or so. And uh, also what you do there. Yeah, I, I, I did. Yeah, I, I used to be the chairman for the Netherlands Lunch User Group, and um, uh, you're probably familiar with B-Luck also. And, uh, those are friends, of course. But I, I joined the uh, the blue side last uh, December, and um, last December I'm, um, I've become the, the marketing manager for yeah what we commonly uh, know know as Lotus for for the Netherlands, so Belgium and the Netherlands and, and Luxembourg. Excellent. Well, thanks for joining us. Yeah, I. I... I think I met you the first time at NL Lug, uh, probably three years True. or so ago. Yeah, um, the 2009, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. and we missed that conference this year. Do you think it will be back in future years? Uh, yes, it will. Uh, well, the, uh, my, my Belgian counterpart, uh, Theo Hesselmans, is, is already organizing his big luck in March okay. in, in Belgium, in, in Antwerp is, again. And uh, for the Netherlands, um, yeah, I, I have a little bit of bad luck because I don't have a real successor. But I do have a group of people around me that uh, want to participate or at least help help us create a kind of luck-like event. And we as IBM um, plan to have our conference on social business in April this year. Sorry, 2012, of course. Yeah. And we will um, kind of embed the, the, the user group uh, event. So we'll it will be the, yeah two tracks like, uh, or more tracks, but basically two main tracks, business for social business and Typical user uh, user group like event uh, in the same buildings at same dates. 
And I can see that being sort of the way that a lot of love's going, because we've obviously got the split at Lotus Sphere, haven't we, uh, between the Connect Conference and the Lotus Sphere Conference. And I can see that kind of becoming a, uh, a you know, an idea that other lugs take up as well, sort of splitting out the business and the, and the technical side of things. Yeah, true, so, true, yeah. That's great. Well, you know, as, as I say, this, it's been a brilliant conference. I look forward to it coming back. And obviously, um, Theo does a fantastic job with B-Lug as well. So a uh, great job by all those guys who take part in organising these lugs. They're such valuable events. And which one was in the football stadium? Uh, that was the, the Netherlands uh, lug. Last, that was uh, the last, last one? September, yeah. yeah. Okay. Then I was, then I was, I was still running that. And, and that, you just... But maybe yeah, enough, I couldn't refuse. Yeah, 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 did yourself. You're like, okay, I've done the Ajax Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you go yeah. from there? Next stop, Real Madrid. <laughs> <laughs> well, perhaps, yeah. I've become neutral now. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we've got together today for very much a social business conversation uh, with the guys we have on the call. Also hoping to get Daryl Roberts on as well, who's from another business partner in the UK. We'll introduce him uh, if and when he comes online. Um, so let's kick off by um, a bit of a sort of overview of social business. Obviously, this is IBM's sort of major campaign for this year, and I'm sure probably going into next year as well. Um, kicked off at Lotusphere with the Get Social Do Business message. And it's kind of interesting that um, whatever we are, nine, ten months down the line, um, it still seems to be a little bit of confusion in the market around what social business really means. So, Ruben, maybe you can kick us off. You know, you, you're taking that message out to your customers. How do you explain what social business is? Okay, well, I mean, I think I like to draw parallels in terms of the um, awareness and adoption of social business with the dot-com revolution. And, you know, we can remember a time when we be we go out there, I say, I often say to clients it's somewhere in the UK around, I don't know, 1998, 97, where we were talking to corporates and saying, you know, there's this thing called the corporate website and, you know, the clients we'd be talking to would be almost divided between half of them saying, I don't get this website concept and how will people even find us? You know, and, and half the people we're talking to getting really excited about it and saying, Wow, if you think about it, it's a lot less than we spend on our reception area and, and potentially, you know, uh, a factor of 10 times more people could see and need to get engaged with our company in that way. I think we're finding the same thing with social business now. There's a divided camp. There are, there are already the early adopters and those who get it. And there are those that, um, I think, I think mainly due to, to lack of information are putting it down to merely Facebook and that sort of thing, socializing. So that's the first thing. I think we have a divided audience um, out there. And so what we're, what we're finding is that we are generally engaging with those early adopters at this stage, people who do get social business and realize that for them, they've, they've seen where their companies are going to be in five years' time. And, they, and to answer your question, sure, what is social business? I think you have to look at it, what is it for them? These are people who know their company intimately. They're often what we call C minus one people, leaders in their organizations, influencers, decision makers. Um, and they see where their company's going to go to with this technology and they see that social business is effectively leveraging the tools that we use already, you know, in the public space in terms of Facebook, Twitter, even LinkedIn for that matter. Um, and actually bringing them to bear on the company structure and company business processes and problems. And they can already see the benefits of that. So it's not a question of just bringing socializing into the, into the corporate space. It's actually using them and applying them to current business problems to deliver benefits um, that are not easily delivered from the current tool set. So it, it, it's, it's not a simple answer, but it's one that more and more um, we're finding people, people are beginning to join those dots together quite easily. And, you know, the more you use these tools in a public space, the more you can actually make that leap and think how that could deliver benefit for you uh, inside the firewall, if you like. And I think that's that's a very good way of putting it. It's like your receptionist on the internet that's not actually a website. Because I think the problem with with websites are you've got to find them. Where at least with social media, unfortunately for some of the big companies out there, anyone and their dog can jump on, me included, and and beat the crap out of them. And if you've yeah. got no kind of gatekeeper, no bouncer, no receptionist, then you, you don't even know that's going on. And, and before you know, a groundswell of opinion is built up and, and it's overtaken you. I mean, that's a very good point. I mean, and that, that actually 
is, is, is what we almost call the second phase of social, social business, where you're actually looking at how do you deal with the, as, as you say, the external conversation about your brand and who deals with it internally. So I think very interesting. Uh, I, I go around and, and uh, I'm surprised by how few people know, you know, of the uh, creation of the um, a new C-level role in organizations. There's now uh, in Kodak and in Dell, and anyone can Google this, the creation of the CLO, and which is now the, the chief listening officer, whose, whose job is, and, and their team is simply to monitor these conversations about the brand out there and then pass them to the relevant people inside the organization because, of course, as you say, people can form groups and talk about a brand now in any way, shape, or form, and they don't really want to engage necessarily with the Marcoms department from that brand. You know, they often want to talk to an engineer or a specific person who um, has insight into the, the service issue or um, that, they're, that, they're, that they're talking about. And, and I think it's an interesting position. Now, honestly, I don't think I could be the chief listening officer. I could be the chief talking officer. <laughs> <laughs> and Marnix, I mean, would you echo what Ruben said? You know, speaking to your customers in the Netherlands and Belgium and so on, are you hearing the same kind of messages? Yeah, we do. It's um, fake on one hand, and on the other hand, some companies are more yeah, the forefront and already uh, looking at social tools. Um, and for those people that really don't understand this at all, I sometimes make the, uh, yeah, the simple um, um, uh, comparison with, let's say, just add up LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, some blogs and, uh, and wikis, put it all in one big user interface and make it secure. And then basically <laughs> you have the tools um, that you can, that you can um, use inside your company to, to become more social and be more efficient. It's hard for people to visualize for themselves what it, what it actually means. I mean, people start thinking about, okay, can I work from home? Then, yeah, okay, you can work from home, of course. But, but, but we already did that a year ago, you know. They want to see it. Yeah, I know. Mean, this is a fascinating thing. I mean, you know, uh, echo those thoughts exactly that you've got this divided account. But, you know, if you go back to the, to the parallel or the analogy of the, of, uh, the Internet, who says that now? You know, who questions the corporate website now. You know, somehow we went from, you know, early adopters, divided count, to every single object, thing, brand that we can see has got a website associated with it and therefore content that humans have created. And we've done that not even in a generation. We've done that in, in, a, in, a, in a working lifetime, you know. Um, and I think that's what makes, for me, the social business thing so exciting is it's going to happen it's going to happen in half the time it took the internet revolution, but it's going to have double the impact. And I know that's hard for companies to get their heads around, but the ones that are, are actually putting clear water between themselves and their competitors already as we speak. And, and I do think there's a bit of c confusion because, you know, Stuart asked, well, what does the word social business mean? And I think it means different things if you're an external yeah. facing component of your organization. Are you an internal for uh, focused person in your organization. I think th there's some differentiation there, and I think that maybe gets a bit lost in translation, but, but you're, you're exactly right. I mean, I can't remember the last time I did a resume. I can't even remember the last... I don't even carry business cards, and I probably haven't for three years. Don't tell Lisa that. <laughs> um, just, just because I am so easy to find by other means, exactly. and my, my expertise is out there for all to see and poke fun at if they wanted to. Um, so it has that that kind of philosophy can really change how you do business. And, and like I said, for us, when we when we were first, even when we were three or four years old as a company, people were still saying, "We've never heard of you. We don't trust you. We need to see lots of resumes, lots of certifications." Now, one look at the blog, and the, the deal gets signed. And you know what's exciting as well is that they find out more about you. I mean, I've found out more about you, you know, through that than I would ever find through a resume. I think that's the interesting thing, you know. It's not just, you know, about you. It's what others, how others are interacting with you and what subject matters uh, you're pursuing at that given point. So I think this is what I mean about the shift, you know. Leaders in organizations, and this is the interesting debate, and, and Stuart, you were at our social business question, and I know we're going to come on to that in a minute, but, you know, is it is this is this social business revolution being driven 
from top down or bottom up? You know, is it the rise in a generation of people who are used to these new tools, or is it a smaller group, a group of visionaries in companies, leaders, who can see the benefits of these things and how these tools, you know, are such a quantum shift from the current tool set that, that they use for collaboration, whether that be email, um, you know, uh, email, phone, fax, or whatever it is. Um, it's that, I think, is the interesting thing that's driving this, is that people are starting to very quickly get a sense, once they see the, the technology in action, right, uh, how big a shift it's going to deliver to the corporate body um, and, and those objectives. Uh, and I think that's why this forecast to happen in half the time uh, of the internet, uh, internet and, revolution. And I think we, you know, if we went back at two or three years, it was very much a discussion about sort of enterprise 2.0, meaning inside the firewall tools, speaking to your employees, um, you know, getting the, the connections between people within your organization. And we had social media that was the message that your organization took out to the outside world and, and heard back as well into the listening what we were talking about. And I guess there was, there was some element that joined the two, whereas social business as a brand seems to encompass all those things, doesn't it? And, and I do wonder whether that's a little bit confusing for people mm -hmm. still early stages of thinking about this is that they're kind of we're wrapping up the whole social message into one big entity without really making it clear what problems it's trying to solve would, would you guys agree with that oh absolutely and I think I think that's why we're actually um, not retreating from that position but actually taking that huge picture and breaking it down into bite-sized chunks I think what's really exciting and it's a pity Dale's not on the call at the moment but hopefully we will get here is um, Dale and I, over the last three months, have been traveling up and down the United Kingdom meeting the sort of uh, the great and the good of corporate Britain. Um, and and our insights and our thinking have been, you know, to be fair, have been shaped by those interactions. It's not just that we have uh, all the answers. It's actually the, the, in, the discourse between ourselves and those business leaders that has led us to this. And what, what we're finding, which is really, really exciting, as I say, my own background was I worked. Uh, in corporate world for seven years from that way. Um, uh, and, and what we're finding is now you can even get down to point solutions um, for social business and not think about some kind of big bang within an organization or, or big high concept. You can take a specific department with a specific business uh, problem and set a social business project uh, directed exactly at that particular business problem and within, and this is the really, really exciting thing, within six weeks now, if you get your, if you lay your ground right, right, your flowers will grow, your ROI for that particular business unit on a particular business problem, if you do your groundwork properly, within six weeks now, and this is, uh, it's interesting, we can actually evidence that with our own customer engagement, but I was reading at the uh, E2O conference coming up in Santa Clara, that there's a, there's a guy there who's, who's espousing this as well as a theory. Six weeks to ROI, um, if you get your grammar. I think when that starts to happen for companies, that's going to change the whole way because we're no longer going to start thinking about big concepts. They're actually just going to think about a specific point solution. Make it work here and then pick the next part in the organization and, and the next one. And, and I think the problem with the six weeks is, my guess, it sounds too good to be true to most organizations. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Quite often, get six takes six weeks just to get the approval and the order processed. I don't know about anything else. <laughs> uh, and and Marnix, you know, when you're talking to customers and, and I guess partners as well, do you think it's still a discussion that uh, is taking place around the technology, or are we primarily talking about sort of cultural and, and business focused discussion now? Well, it will depend on to whom you speak, of course. Um, uh, but, um, it, 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 there is some confusion, I understand, but, but about is it, is it a matter of rebranding? Are we rebranding the brand towards social business? No, basically not. It's, it's, it's a, what we call a capability. Um, but at the same time, um, it's also, uh, um, yeah, for our partners, it's more easy to digest. So I agree with the other guy that um, if you present the whole matter in, say, eatable pieces, digestible pieces, um, and start, start small, it is usually the best approach, and and give some real life examples. And Darren, how I about you? 
yeah, Darren, you know, as as somebody who's come from the more traditional side of of you know being a Lotus partner, are, are you managing to get those conversations going in terms of that that business level approach of, of talking about you know organisational change and and how they go about doing their business versus it just being a technology challenge? I think it's both. I think I think it comes from from, from both arenas. I think if you're an organization that doesn't embrace change, and I think a lot of organizations were starting to think about change before the recession hit, and now I think there's so many organizations and people within them organizations that really just want to keep their head down and keep their job, I think they're a bit worried about bringing up um, organizational change insofar as it might get mistaken for, okay, your superfluous requirements, (laughs) bye-bye. but but I think it's starting to open back up again as 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 we slowly come out of recession. Hopefully this is the the out this time. Um, the the conversations are taking place and and the organisations are starting to to ask IT, which is where I interact most of the time. At least I interact a bit for Rubberstack, but I'm I'm usually in the trenches. And everywhere I go, I'm hearing mutterings about why does marketing need access to Facebook and why does sales need access to Twitter. So the conversations are happening, and the the dog that is that the tail that is IT is no longer wagging the dog. So it's just a matter of time before I think the snowball gains effect, and then it becomes a question about technology, and then it becomes a vendor pitch battle on yeah. whose system is best and why you should pick me. And, and I my, agree with that. Yeah, and Marnix, yeah, you mentioned some products when you introduced yourself earlier on, same time connections and so on. Well, which, which products would you say fit in that that social business banner? I mean, is it purely a connections play, or would you say that things like Portal and Connection, sorry, Portal and Quicker and Same Time also come under that social business bracket as well? Yeah, basically, it's, it's possible to, to put everything under that kind of umbrella. But of course, there are some elements that are more typically social than others. But even if you look at Redshare Portal, that has not been traditionally in the uh, social arena, um, uh, you can still uh, socialize it, as they, as they, as they say, um, depending on the business partner who works with it. Um, some people have tools to, to let's say, um, socialize yeah, your, your, your portal. Um, but it's also a matter of um, where you want to use uh, Redshare Portal for. If you want to uh, use Redshare Portal, for instance, to to engage with your customers, then it's almost by definition a social platform. And the same is true for, for, for other parts of the products. Um, Lotus Notes, for instance, I mean, basically it has been social for, for more than 10, 15 years. Um, but it's not, not considered by the market always as a, as a social product. But these days, with the latest version of, of Notes 853 and the, and the easy way you can connect to connections, it has become a social product. But if to simplify the message, usually um, we start with connections for let's say, those companies that are somewhat bigger and Lotus Life for the companies that want to start small. Because Lotus Life is it's not one product, but it's mm-hmm. a product portfolio, as you know. And Lotus Life Connections basically uh, offers you um, lots and lots of functionalities for, yeah, for, for relatively a little amount of money. And, and Reuven, um, you know, you mentioned earlier on that uh, you and Dale have been running these social business breakfasts, and you know, I was involved in the first one as well. Um, what, what's the purpose of those? What are you trying to achieve through through running these breakfast events? Well, I mean, I think what's fascinating about this, this discussion so far is, is that's exactly why uh, the, the, all the questions that we're having here and, and, we're, and we're discussing are, are, you know, very much the questions, as I say, that are going through the smart um, people's mind at these big corporates, you know, I think we sometimes forget because we all live so deeply in, inside social business, uh, the technology and, 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 and the changes that are, that are occurring, that we, aren't, we don't have the self-preserved knowledge of this and awareness of this. And many smart guys and companies are trying to figure out these things as well. Uh, and of course, they've got more risk. They don't get it right. It's difficult to go back to the well and ask for a second chance. And so that's why we set up these uh, social business breakfasts. Um, they are... The whole style, as you know, see it from having attended the first one, which I think reviews have been very successful so far. The whole style and setup of the event is aimed at the agenda of those people in organizations, those, those, those early adopters, those visionaries, those leaders, and trying to assist them um, to A, 
clarify their own agenda for their own organization. I think uh, Manik has said the same thing. You know, it really does depend on what kind of organization you are, the nature of your business, but also the culture within your organization. So two companies doing exactly the same things have different cultural viewpoints and will arrive at social business through slightly different routes. And so what this event is about is we don't have a stand and deliver. The purpose of the event was to have it in the round, a bit like a cafe culture, uh, where we had uh, thought leaders like yourself do it there, uh, but also um, these business people who were trying to figure things out. And it was an open discussion uh, with the objective of helping them to clarify their agenda. And uh, uh, after the discussion, as you know, we did uh, we actually let we do live collaboration on the platform, so people can actually taste the food as well. And 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 again, everything is to serve the agenda of when I, if if I was attending this event. Uh, as a representative of a corporate, I left the event. I should, if the event has been successful, have a clearer idea of how I'm going to make social business work within my own organization um, at the starting point. I mean, the plan, of course, is to have these events now, and we're in discussions with uh, IBM's uh, marketing team about this, to have them as a regular heartbeat or drumbeat within the city um, so every month, and then we follow the social business revolution as it, as it unfolds, um, because, you know, you talk about connections in the same time uh, and portal, but the truth is the entire organization will become socialized uh, as, 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 as we go through this, and it will extend to a whole bunch of other things, the external media, monitoring, uh, the CLO we spoke about, and then, of course, the big one, you know, analytics and big data. All of these things will start to play a part. In, in, and be socialized within an organization and, and drive transformation. Um, you know, this is a big one. This, you know, I, as I say, I personally believe it's bigger than the internet uh, revolution, we shall see. Um, but it's certainly got, it's certainly a uh, play with many acts, and we're only, we're only in the first act at this point in time. And the idea, therefore, of these events is to follow that, the, the current, if you like, and, and it becomes the place where people go to. Uh, well, to begin with in London, we're hoping we can we can extend it out to other cities across Europe. Um, but the place where people can go to to get the latest insights and to share uh, their challenges as this thing unfolds. And is, uh, are you doing any other cities in the UK or even moving beyond the UK? Uh, we are in talks with uh, IBM about taking it out to across Europe, as I say, to... to uh, in major cities across across Europe. That's uh, to be confirmed. But anything, Malik, anything, anything nice you could say on our behalf would be much appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to. And something that was notable even was the lack of slides. I think there were probably maybe ten slides uh, on show the whole morning. Um, do you do you think that led to, to better discussions as a result? Uh, you know, and is that something you, you think you'll carry through the rest of the breakfast events you do? Absolutely. So the the the, 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 as you, uh, the format of the event, and, and people can go and um, see the uh, a few slides that there were, which uh, positioned the event and, and the way we did it. As I say, in the round, in a cafe culture. I mean, I think my uh, my strength over the years has always been, sometimes to my own cost, is I don't look at things in terms of the company I work for. I always look at things. That's my secondary consideration. My primary consideration is always to look at things in terms of the person attending the event. And as you know, Stuart, we had people from, you know, some of the biggest high street brands and and across industries uh, in the UK. So, you know, well-known names uh, to everyone. Uh, and I look at it in terms of the people attending. So if I'm attending this event, I don't really want to be stuck in a series of rows with a guy up at the front, you know, giving me death by PowerPoint for half an hour and then the next speaker and then the next speaker... I've got to hope somewhere in all of that I can distill a few points that are going to help me with my own issues. We really wanted to break free of that structure completely. So the first thing we did was get rid of the, the rows of seats. The second thing we did was get rid of the decks. So no decks allowed. Um, the only thing people were allowed were the thought leaders were allowed to pose a question and have one or two slides to support that question. And as you know, um, and again, people can go to the, to the hashtag and, and, and see the slides and the questions that, that were posed. The other interesting thing was that all people attending the event, the clients, were 
they were given the questions in advance, and they could comment on them or suggest ones that were more important to them, uh, and so on. So that everybody arrived at the event already um, quite aware and had done their own thinking around these things. You know, questions like um, who, which department leads in a social business uh, in, within an organization? Is it top-down uh, or bottom-up? And so on and so forth. And social media versus social business. What's the correct order of play? And these aren't just questions we thought up because we thought they'd be interesting. These are the questions that at this point in time are the ones that are most uh, pressing for, for leaders in organizations. So everybody had arrived at the event having thought through already their own viewpoints on this and questions that they sought clarification about. Thought leaders would then present a question and then it would be open to people to agree and disagree. And I think that was part of the whole beauty of the event was that there was not always total agreement. You know, there was often a healthy debate. Um, the idea being is that you're, you're there to clarify your own thoughts for your own organization, and that is absolutely the way we intend to carry on with the event in that format. The feedback from that was people found it much more valuable, uh, refreshing, and rewarding to have it in that way. Um, but what we'll also be doing is, as you know, we had the, the, the second half of it was a, a two-hour event, hour and a half discourse like this, and then half an hour live collaboration. Is with the live collaboration, we will we intend to extend that now to try and and actually have that collaboration happen not only at the event but between the events. So each month, uh, we will, we will set, we hope now to set up again. This is uh, in discussion with with IBM to set up a connections platform just for the event, and therefore it's a place that thought leaders can share ideas, but also. When people go to an event and then they go back into their organization and they're trying to now win support, they can, they can share, uh, they can go to this place and drive other people to this place, uh, to the discourse. And that's where you'll telegraph the agenda for the next event and, and start to shape it. So in theory, and we'll see if we can deliver this, the idea is it's a continuous, never-ending discussion uh, that goes on. It's a good plan. And, and something I thought was very brave was was to have that live collaboration going on. So you know, to set the scene, there were um, you know somebody up on the pedestal who was kind of managing the whole thing, but set a task for three or four other groups around the room to um, to kind of come up with an answer to a business problem that was posed. And and each group had an access to connections and kind of went need to go away and find the information they were looking for. Uh, you know, digest that and then post stuff back with kind of a social trail of what was being discussed. And uh, and to do that live in the room with people really accessing a system I thought was pretty brave but actually seemed to work pretty well yes I can <laughs> that, that was my responsibility to make that work and it was definitely um, a high wire act but uh, I had some I had some seasoned pros in the room yourself included so uh, yeah it was so exciting to do something live like that and to pull it off um, I think it, and it, I think that's the best way I found um, for people to really see the power of social business because as you know as we solved that business problem, and this was a, whether the company should go in a new strategic direction uh, and so on, as we solved that business problem, one was able to pause at, 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 at relevant points, and I think this, this speaks very much to uh, Marnik's new website, and say to people, how would you do that in the absence of these tools that we've just used? Let's try and solve this problem, just pause for a minute and think about our solving this problem, this business problem using the current tool set. And I think that really hit home for people. They suddenly thought, they suddenly, it suddenly exposed, you know, the poverty of, of email, you know, of telephony and so on, in terms of being able to find the right people with the right information and so on. Um, so, yeah, it was a high wire act. Um, the job with success is, of course, now one's eager to repeat it and to make it bigger and better, um, more devices, um, building up to the event, as I say, and then at the event, um, but uh, but that is the nature of the beast. That is what live, uh, that's what social business and live collaboration is about. So very much want to walk the talk. It'll be interesting to see as we go towards Lotusphere. I mean, obviously Lotusphere is on a huge different scale to that, but it'll be great to see tools being used live in some of these sessions. You know, to to get that sort of kind of social feedback mechanism going. Obviously, we have Twitter and we have some of the outside tools. I'd love to see things like connections being used for that kind of live feedback and live collaboration as well in, in the latest environment. 
And and Marnix, uh, moving on to um, the stuff that Ruben just mentioned, actually, um, I, I was flabbergasted by this this morning. I kind of wrote to have a look on Twitter and saw all sorts of links flying around about a new website talking about outside the inbox. So do you want to give us a background on where this site came from? Okay, yeah, sure. Um, <clears throat> well, obviously, um, um, the, the social business um, play comes from worldwide. And uh, as, as a local, um, uh, yeah, uh, local subsidiary of IBM, um, we want to, um, yeah, to, to align with the, the global messages as much as we can, of course. But also, uh, yeah, it's our job to translate global messages to either local language or at least local local culture. And um, yeah, as we discussed uh, before in, in this during this this broadcast, um, it's not always easy for people to understand what social business is all about. So we thought, okay, let's 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 try uh, with with an easy example, slightly provocative. Uh, because I do do not really expect everybody in this whole world to start uh, or to stop working with email from tomorrow, uh, but it it is a very interesting thought. So that's when the whole idea came up together with our advertising agency, with whom we, we made this documentary. Uh, okay, we have we have a wonderful example within our own company, uh, Luis Suarez. He he works on the, on Gran Canaria. It's an island about 1,500 or 2,000 kilometers away from his headquarters, which is Madrid. And his boss is in the United States, which is even further. Um, and he doesn't use email. So how does this guy survive? And he, apparently he survives for more than three or four years now. So, um, yeah, we invite him to, to join the conversation. And, um, yeah, from that, from these discussions, uh, this evaluated into yeah, the campaign that we launched uh, yesterday, which is called Outside the Inbox. Working, living, collaborating, communicating, thinking outside the inbox. Um, so we basically use Luis Suarez um, as, as our kind of avatar. Um, but um, it's um, it's basically the slightly provocative message that we send to the world. Okay, is your life dictated by email? Are you working inside your email box day by day? Is your life, let's say, terrorized by email? Um, or could you work more efficiently? Or would you like to work more efficiently? That's basically the, how we want to let's say, engage in discussion with, with, our, with our customers and potential customers, of course. But that's where the idea came from. Um, we had um, our agency uh, sent to the Canary, Canary Islands to have a few days in the sun and shoot the documentary there. And from that, we um, uh, designed a, a few 30-second um, 30-second uh, advertising banners that we use on on news sites, basically in um, Belgium and the Netherlands, of course, and some in Luxembourg. News sites that that are using uh, search words like like uh, new ways of working, collaborating, social software, and stuff like that. And uh, these these advertising banners show up there, and from there you see the 30-second video where an unknown person, without even mentioning the IBM logo, tells you that he is not using email anymore and he works in a, in a large corporation. And from there, people are invited to, to click on that banner and then they arrive at our website, which is outside the inbox.eu. And there we will have the, uh, the homepage with a, a documentary, basically, basically uh, something like five minutes or so, where Luis Suarez introduces himself, himself and explains um, how he got to start without using, you know, stopping with, he stopped using email and how he um, still survives and how he works these days. Um, but also, I mean, it is a campaign, so we want to do it for something. We uh, invite people to download a, a quick guide to social business, kind of, kind of white paper, how to, how to become a social business, uh, some tips on how to stop email. And at the same time, we um, we we are going to ask. It's not that actual on the website right now, but this is one of the things that we are going to do in a few weeks later. We are going to invite people to um, yeah to let's say to pick up that challenge, to to join the experiment. Basically, uh, what we want to do is to invite a few people, really really a few, um, who want to uh, participate in an experiment with a, of about three months, where he or she is going to be coached by Louis himself. Uh, to become emailless and more social, and um, we, as as, as as campaign team, we are going to block about it. So the person who wants to join the the, the experiment is also should be willing to to um, to share his his thoughts and um, experience. 
and then we go to blog about it. And by blogging about it, we we share this experiment with the rest of the world. And uh, all this is done in, of course, in in, in two languages: in, uh, Dutch in the Netherlands area and Dutch in the Flanders area and Belgium and French in the southern part of Belgium. And and we probably will have an English copy too because it's always good people that don't want to switch to English. Um, and we are going to use this campaign then for not not just as for one week or one month, but we are going to use it for let's say uh, let's, uh, about six months. That's the current current schedule. And it's an excellent video. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I like it's a brilliant video. It's a brilliant video. I thought it was very captivating. And uh, I've been talking about the Louis Flores story for about, oh, getting on for two years now um, mm-hmm. at shows and stuff. And I think, um, and Monica, I'm not sure if you're aware of, but uh, in March of this year, uh, actually, no, it was February, the end of February, uh, of this year, um, just to follow on that email story, maybe something useful for your for your campaign. Were the CEO of uh, Systems Integrator Atos Origin, uh, a guy called Thierry Breton, uh, he went to press. Uh, you can look this up. He went to press, and I think when we look back on this social business revolution, I know I certainly talked to my clients, my my pan European clients, who uh, respond very well to it, particularly the French clients. Um, Thierry Breton said that Athos Origin, they're providing the, uh, the, all the technology for the Olympic Games next year, will be email free as an organization by 2013. Yeah. Um, so I think that's, that's really, put, you know, you've got losing a, a pioneer uh, out there. And yeah, now you've got somebody at the other end, at the top of the corporate, saying that the corporation will be email free yeah. by 2013. Uh, and the reason he says this, he goes on to explain, is that he's done a survey of the amount of hours his senior management team, you know, more than 25 hours a week just administering emails, you know, and these, these are smart true, yeah, people yeah. that he pays a lot of money. Yeah, yeah research uh, demonstrates it. Uh, people are spending too much time in their email, and it's not always that efficient. And even besides the, the whole administrative and, uh, and data storage thing, uh, it's also a matter of people are storing knowledge inside their inbox, and they're using yes, their, their inbox yeah. as a knowledge store, which is crazy. I mean, and we're not sharing information, we are keeping information like like as if we are living in, in the 70s or 80s or something. So that, that's one of the messages too, of course. And um, of course, social business, it's not a purpose in itself. It's becoming more more collaborative and more efficient and, and keeping uh, the knowledge inside your company when the, a grey workforce leaves your company uh, while a younger workforce has to be enabled to start working yeah. as soon as yeah. they can. And that's and all these tools they 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 help you. And again, it's it's a slightly provocative um, message, but also you need a relatively simple kind of hook um, to connect to to start the discussion. And that that's why we started this. And of course, uh, yeah, yeah I, think, I think I think you'll find a lot of a lot of uh, interest in it. I think the challenge will be for again we talked about this big picture versus bite-sized chunk. Is how you can deliver that to organisations in ways that's not totally disruptive, but one that you know. Say True. Yeah. Well, even Luis Suarez in his documentary, he also said, you know, there are still good use cases for email. It's not that email is dead by now, and we don't declare email dead. Um, but but it's um it's a it's a, it's a mindset and it's um, shift in the way businesses. Want to operate in the, the way businesses want to, to use and leverage the knowledge that, that's with their workers. And then, yeah, organizations are getting more and more dynamic. The, the workforce is more and more flexible than, than ever before. You yeah. have to be, yeah, you have to be careful what, where the knowledge where the knowledge stays and where the knowledge goes. And Manish, what's your view on the um, the debate about the new generation entering the workforce? Is email completely anathema to that generation, or is it something that that generation has to live with like the rest of us? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that was a very good point, because um, there are some myths about this. Um, it is mm. true that the younger generation is using social tools much, much more than, let's say, the older generation, or slightly older generation even. But it's, uh, it has also appeared not to be entirely true that the younger generation mm. refuses to work with, let's say, all the tools like email. 
young generation gets motivated by those companies and those employers that help them with their career. And if, an, if, if a modern company helps younger uh, employees with their career, like, like a, a growth path or a lots of education and a career path, then they are also willing to adapt a couple of, let's say, old-fashioned tools. So it's, it's a mix. They are used to modern tools on one hand, but it's not true that they don't want to use them anymore, the old, the old tools. It's more important that, so that's why I think that classical organizations, well, what is classical? But anyway, <laughs> the larger organizations that have a lot of knowledge should um, deploy social tools to enable the younger workforce, not to, not just as a kind of defense mechanism. It's not defense against younger generation that doesn't want to work with email. No, it's an offensive uh, measure. It is your way to have these people enabled much faster than, than, than ever before. And, uh, yes, agreed. With our industry customers too. Some industry customers are afraid that, the, let's say, the growing workforce, the baby boomers, are now leaving the company. There's a lot yeah. of knowledge. Yeah. And they think yeah. at home. And and actually, guys, uh, we've been joined by Dale as well. Dale's from Artesian Solution, a business partner in the UK. Dale, I mean, the, the, the conversation that these guys have been having around, um, you know, whether. Uh, social business kind of taken over from email, whether we'll ever see email die away. Is that a conversation you're having with your customers? Are you hearing that email is a massive problem and, and customers are looking for alternatives to it? Indeed, I am. Apologies, I've joined late. I was held up at a client site. Ironically, my, my client is a, is a radio broadcaster. So I'm, I'm joining you from a radio station. Uh, <laughs> today, just oh, cool. <laughs> at last, we, we break, we break the 600,000 user. Is <laughs> this going out live? <laughs> so, uh, unfortunately, they didn't give me access to a studio. They give me access to one of their offices. So. But yeah, it's. Um, I suspect Ruben's commented on this already. You know, the larger the organisation that, that we speak with, um, the greater the problem. The more, you know, the more noise that uh, individuals um, are experiencing with email. You know, it's just. You know, the consensus is it's well and truly broken. Uh, that's certainly what I'm hearing. And, uh, you know, fairly consistently, there are very few organizations. Lots, lots of people are skeptical that we can fix it. Lots of people are skeptical that there's a replacement for it. But, you know, there's consensus that it, that it, that it ain't working. And that's where the Atos Origin example is going to be so great. I mean, I was just Googling them, actually, and there's been precious little news out of them since February. So what I'd love to know is whether they're really seeing email flow die down or whether you know, people are getting more done as a result. I guess we just need to wait for that feedback back from the organisation. And, and Stuart, as you know, I'm, I'm rather sceptical about this. Yep. This move that the next generation is not going to embrace email because... You know, I've been thinking about this a lot because we've talked about this on a couple of shows lately. And, and I think if you ask around, the majority of people at an organization who are above the age of 40, if you go and ask them, where was the first place you ever used email? They're going to say, in my organization. Youngsters to come in and be, it's, it's their first exposure to it. It's been the first exposure to most people. It's maybe only the people on this call that were actually in organizations and started using email and it was, it was native to us. So I'm, I'm a bit confused, you know, all through the, all through the decades we've had, you know, TV was going to kill radio, yeah. MTV was going to kill, you know, radio every morning in the car. Guess what I'm doing? I'm listening to the radio. Guess what I'm doing when I'm in the office? I'm listening to the radio. And I just think all we're going to do is we're going to say, okay, today we're going to stop using email. And then in 10 years, we're going to say, okay, 10 years down the line, we're going to stop using whatever our social media is because that has become the latest, the latest cluster beat. We need what's the solution, and unfortunately, the solution seems to be you have to take your users in hand and tell them you do not need to keep that email from 15 years ago with a UPS tracking number on it. <laughs> I, 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 I completely agree. What we're most likely to see is, you know, the use of email um, changing. So, you know, which of us today uses you know, the, uh, an email thread to arrange a meeting. I mean, I, I suspect none of us, right, will all use a meeting request. Uh, you know, just think about, you know, what that says in terms of polling, you know, availability. You know, generally speaking, we jump straight into meeting requests. I suspect we'll see more and more um, social uh, utilities um, 
you know, just changing the way we use email. So, you know, setting up, um, you know, a social now, you know, we would probably use something like Doodle rather than trying to do that in an email conversation because we know, you know, we set up a quick Doodle and, um, you know, we very quickly will find out who can make what dates and, and wants to eat what kind of food. Um, whereas we know that that would, you know, a group of 10 people, you've got an exponential amount of email Mm, uh, yeah. messages to read and consume except that you know what we're seeing is is that email is is rapidly becoming a notification system for social tools and you know meeting invites a classic example of that you know it doesn't get away from emails it may make it more more streamlined but we're still getting emails into our inboxes and having to process those and um i was at an event on tuesday where uh, somebody used a slide that lewis richardson uh, uses which is that basically when somebody sends you an email it's basically getting the responsibility off of them and onto you so yeah. as you get deluged by email, you're just taking on more and more of other people's responsibility on top of you. Rather than social tools, which is where you know you're bearing responsibility for going and getting the information that you're looking for, rather than bearing other people's responsibility. And I think that that's going to be the challenge: is how we how we use these tools best to regain kind of individual ownership of our lives, whether it's personal lives or business lives or whatever, rather than uh, you know responding and, and reacting to other people's demands. I, Go on. Yeah, I certainly hope that's true, Stuart. I mean, I, you know, I've thought long and hard about, you know, uh, you know, why we use email in the way we use email, and you know, the conclusion I arrived at was, um, you know, the reason the first thing we do every morning is open up our um, email inboxes because it represents our unresolved commitments to other people. It, you know, it, it is in the main an inbox for people. And, you know, more than, more than a communication method, it represents, you know, the expectation of others, which, uh, you know, sits completely with, with what you just shared. But, uh, I, I suspect that isn't going to change quickly. And, and so, Marnix, back, back to you on the website. It's uh, um, outside the inbox.eu. Um, a, a couple of comments for me. First of all, I'm you know, really impressed you pulled this together. It's really appealing, for one. Uh, yeah, it's got some really good social integration. You've got Twitter streams going on there. Um, you've got a great URL. You know, that, that's so anti-IBM in some ways. Yeah, it's fantastic. You've got a really good URL that people remember. Very easy to tweet. And I also like the fact you're linking to the No Email Day, which I think takes place tomorrow. Is that right? Uh, yes, tomorrow, yeah. Um, this is, uh, to be honest, very coincidental. Um, there's a guy in the UK, he works for Shell, He's, his name is Paul Lancaster. Uh, I just occasionally or by accidentally ran into his, his uh, initiative. He um, he started this initiative a couple of weeks or maybe months ago, but I ran into it a couple of weeks ago only. And uh, he said, let's have one day without email. And well, this fits in perfectly in, in, into our campaign, of course. But um, obviously, I had to get in to know this person first to be sure of what he's about. <laughs> uh, is this a competitive initiative? What is it? What is it all about? Um, so it kind of it appeared to be a really nice and totally non non technology driven in, uh, initiative. And we said, okay, let's let's hook into that. And um, let's try to, to leverage our each other's um, um, initiatives. So yes, it's, it's a very nice initiative. It's a beautiful date, eleven, eleven, eleven. So everybody is able to remember it. Um, and basically, an experiment done by him, also a social experiment, of course, because he tweets around and he wants others to retweet. And of course, we all know how this mm -hmm. works. And if it works well, then then he gets. A large group of followers, and and we all get a large group of people that start thinking about: Do we really need email every day? Do we need to terrorize our lives by email? You know what? I'd love I'd love a day without five meg attachment emails. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that that would at least suffice for me right now. Yeah. Or, or a bunch of attachments, and can you have a look at all these and comment on them separately? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And send them to the whole group. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's a, so it's slightly coincidental, and um, yeah, but, but I love the initiative, and it's it's great. Um, we'll see how many people will actually be able to uh, restrain from you know uh, for one for one day. I'm sorely tempted to tweet out that I'm not responding to email tomorrow. I'm not sure how my customers will feel about it, but we'll, we'll give it a go. I would certainly yeah. love to to reduce the amount of email I have to deal with in a given day. Uh, and Darren, you must get a fair amount too, I should think. Well, I generally ignore mine. 
I've been you doing Luis. Yeah, I've been doing Luis Suarez about two years before Luis Suarez did it. People just thought I was lazy, and now now I can say, well, look, Luis isn't lazy. See, it's not lazy. It's 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 cool. And for me, for me, it's great to see Lewis's sort of uh, star rising as it has done over the last three years. I mean, he's you know, a tremendous guy, very good evangelist for IBM. But you could easily have imagined IBM's reaction to saying, "Yeah, I'm not going to use email within that organization," being um, you know not as positive as it has been. So it's fantastic that he's you know being being highlighted yeah. on sites like this and, and doing so well for himself. Yeah. And, and whenever, whenever it I also see him, proves, I mean. IBM is also sometimes considered to be kind of old-fashioned by, by the outside world, and I understand that people think so every now and then, but at the same time, this is the living proof of the, that a person like Louis can exist and is not going to be fired because he's not using emails. And th- that's always a bit that amused me. Every time I see him when he says, and I haven't been fired yet, I always think about <laughs> office space. And maybe he's getting, he's not getting a paycheck. So someone might want to check he's actually still getting paid by IBM. I think that um, the Louis Suarez story also highlights uh, an interesting uh, thing that's often overlooked, you know, and, and, and Dale and I, you know, we make sure we, we, we make people aware of this, but, you know, he was able to do that because there was an alternative system in place for him to continue to do his business with both internal uh, customers, if you like, and, and his external clients, um, and with the connections platform, I think it's often forgot, overlooked, you know, with, with, and somebody mentioned earlier about the rise of, 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 of several vendors in this space now, which is another point that evidences this is a hot space and growing, is the connections, I think, unlike anything else out there, was, you know, designed and developed by IBM to solve the business problems of IBM themselves, right? 400,000 people spread globally, email just isn't going to work, right? When you're trying to do uh, mass collaboration or find experts and so on. So that is why connections developed. It, it grew out of their internet, their blue pages internet, and became this product. And I think it shows in the product, and that's what we try to show, uh, Stuart, as you said, in the, in, the live, in the live demo, the live collaboration event, part of the event, um, is that IBM has this platform. And if it, if it, if it serves their business purposes, odds are it'll serve the needs of most companies out there. And I think that's often, IBM doesn't really talk about that very much, how you know, Connections is actually devised not initially to take the market, but initially to solve their own business problems. Um, Absolutely right. And, and you know, it's great to see uh, Connections doing so well in the market. And, and I think what we're seeing gradually as, as more releases come out of the Connections products is almost it moving a little bit away from IBM's needs to seeing what customers need of it. And, and we're seeing that in, in some of the stuff that's coming in version four. It's, it's, it's how Connections is almost adapting to the marketplaces out there and, and to customers' needs, which is great to see over time. And Darren, uh, what, just one extra piece of news that's been uh, on Planet Lotus and so on this week is that there's a new backup and recovery tool for Connections, which is uh, harks back to a conversation we had maybe three or four months ago, wasn't it, around how perhaps sometimes Connections is, is more difficult to recover than you would like. And, and this seems to start answering some of those things. And we were not nice to them about it. So today I'm being nice to them about it because I think this is a great step in the right direction. It seems it's a bit esoteric, but I think something is a lot, lot, lot better than nothing. Absolutely. And, and so it, basically what the tool gives you, and we've got a link in the show notes, is the ability to back up a community. So you can keep all the content about the community in sort of an easy-to-recover package, um, which is really important because when you delete a community in connections, it does disappear from the system. So uh, it's great to just be able to, to be able to bring that back very easily. So it, it's a first step along the road, um, but it's fantastic that I've been responding to customer needs in that way. So that brings us to the end of our uh, comments, our, our discussion uh, topic, sorry, that we're, we're going through this week. Uh, we always finish with a tip from each of our guests. So just to give uh, Marnix and Dale a chance to come up with a tip of their own, we'll start with you, Dan. What, what's your tip for this week? Um, so this morning on Plant Lotus, Amy Hall, and I always get a name wrong. <laughs> we need her on the show, actually, just so Stuart can also get a name wrong. <laughs> Um, she's got an excellent uh, blog post with screenshots on how to get the new X pages and relational database source thing working on a eight five three server and an eight five three client. It's 
it's relatively straightforward, but it's not simple, mainly because of its Eclipse heritage. Um, so it's worth a try if you have even thought about installing the RDBMS extensions for X pages. Brilliant. And again, the link's in the show notes for people that want to uh, go away and follow that up. Uh, Reuben, do you have a tip? Uh, yeah, I guess my tip is, which very much uh, in line with most of the stuff I've uh, spoken about today, is, you know, uh, when it comes to social business, it really does pay dividends to just take a step back and get your strategy right. Map it correctly, find your point solutions, different departments within your organization that are going to deliver um, benefits for you before you start even touching any technology. So I think the moment you start opening the technology box up, um, it, it, it's a dangerous thing. You can start heading down blogs, wikis, forums, and wonder why. Uh, within, you know, I talked about six weeks to ROI. We, what's more common at the moment is six weeks to, 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 to no adoption. <laughs> um, and that is the danger of, of beginning with the platform first. I think you really do need to get your strategy right and then your, your technology will, choices will follow. Excellent. I certainly echo that. It's a, a conversation we're having with customers all the time. So thank you, Reuben. And Marnix, do you have a tip for us? Um, well, just a, a suggestion. I would like to invite everybody to join in the experiment of at least one day without email. It would also um, it would assist you to start thinking about sharing information in a different way. And for those companies that listen to the broadcast, a few days after 11, 11, 11, just pick your own uh, day without email and try the experiment within your own company. Just, just see how much fun it is. Mm-hmm. So should I, should I expect a ton of out-of-office messages tomorrow then? <laughs> yeah, I was, thinking, I was thinking about an out-of-office message, but then again, it's kind of contrary. <laughs> kind of out-of-office message like, I don't answer email today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Mixed feelings about it. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you, Marnix and Dale. I know you haven't had much time. Have you got a tip to share with our, our listeners? Well, it, for me, it has to be um, it has to be around using connections for making decisions. Right, that's you know, my work is very much focused on um, decision making at the moment, and you know the social the, the, the use of social tools for effective organisational decisions. So, I think my tip would be to explore activity templates in uh, connections. Look at those. You know, look for uses of of activity templates for uh, for making decision templates. And um, this week we came across a blog entry which referred to um, uh, you know some Richard Porter work. Where, uh, Richard was talking about not starting with data for the purpose of making decisions and starting with opinions. So you know, let me link that back. I, you know, I think a you know a typical decision template should look like this. It should start with what you know what's the decision objective what are we trying to achieve you know what are the opinions Let, let's gather all the opinions which is exactly what richard uh, porter recommended let's start to get opinions and ex- and then explore them back those opinions up with data um you know organize that into supporting data and then finally record the decision you've made so there it is that's you know the use of activity templates for organizational decisions in in connections would be my tip. Excellent. Thank you, Dale. Uh, a really useful tip there. Mine is an application for iOS. Um, if you've got an iPhone or an iPad, um, it, it's a really good one. It's a free app. It's called Lemon, L-E-M-O-N. And it's a way of keeping track of your receipts and expenses. There's quite a few tools out there. This is the easiest one I found to use. Basically, when you, you know, buy your coffee from Starbucks or you know, buy your, I don't know, gadget that you need for work, you basically just take a photo of it with your iPhone or iPad. It saves it loads it to the cloud so it's saved up there you can very easily log in and see all of those uh, receipts get reports on how much you spent per month and so on for your expense claims a really really useful tool so all your microphones are in that system <laughs> <laughs> you and the week. let me know how it sounds excellent yeah it's in there um so yeah lemon uh, and just search for that on the app store uh, i think there may even be an android version as well so thank you guys. That's been a really useful episode. We will just quickly go around the table and uh, let me know how people can follow you. So if you have a Twitter ID or a blog that you want people to go to or a website uh, that you think would be useful. So Darren, kick us off. Blog.darrenduke.net. 
for all of my happiness about not having the right abstracts or presentations. <laughs> and Darren Duke, all one word on Twitter for my 140 character rants this week about Firefox's insane release schedule. Are we on version 8 this week? I think we're on version 9. I got the version 8 upgrade complained about it and someone said, oh, that was that was so two weeks ago. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Firefox 9. Trying to catch up with Chrome, I think. That's probably what it is. Excellent. Thank you. And uh, Reuven, how do people find you? Uh, best way for me uh, is on Twitter. It's just Reuven, T-R-O-O-V-N-T. Twitter uh, and also the company blog on Digirati, at digirati.co.uk. Excellent. Thank you, Reuven. And Dale, how do people find you? So mine's a, mine's a tribute to um, uh, Gina Trapani, actually one of the founders of, of, of Lifehacker. So I've, I've combined Lifehacker with, you know, what I do, which is helping organizations make uh, uh, make effective decisions. So it's Decision Hacker. It's a Twitter, it's my Twitter handle. Nice and easy. Excellent. I bet that gets picked up by the CIA. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm being listened to. <laughs> yeah, done. <laughs> And, and Dale and Reuven, um, yeah, we, we mentioned the, um, the social business breakfast earlier on and, and talked through those. Um, if, if folks are in London and they work for, you know, large organizations that are interested in social business, how would they go about, um, you know, finding out more about the business breakfast, Dale? Perhaps you can answer that one. Um, so the, um, the, we're working towards a schedule of, um, uh, business breakfast briefings. Um, we, we don't have a date for the first one, I don't think, yet, Reuven, but we will be publishing a schedule for them as soon as we have them, uh, as soon as we have them in the diary. Uh, not all of them will be uh, running London. We're considering other locations. Do you, do you want to add anything to that, Reuven? Uh, no, I think we are, as I say, working with IBM's marketing people, so um, there'll be, I guess, a number of ways for people to find out about the event. I will be absolutely candid and say it is an, it is by invite. People can certainly apply and we can then uh, grant them a ticket, as it were. The reason for that is that we found that for this kind of thought leadership and style of event, which is, you know, part workshop, part zeitgeist, part hands-on with the technology, it doesn't really scale to beyond 30 participants. So we'd rather run them more frequently. So if you miss one, you can get another, go to another. And as I say, we're going to try and also set up um, the collaboration platform online to keep keep the, the drumbeat going and for people to follow what's going on and participate in that way. No, I, I, th- I think that's a good approach. I, I think um, you know you don't want uh, to be too oversubscribed. And I think the conversations were so valuable at the first one. You want to continue that model. So uh, anyway, as soon as we have those details, we'll share them uh, on this week in Legends probably on my blog as well. So thanks for that, guys. And Marnix, how do people follow you? By uh, Twitter or LinkedIn. First name is Marnix, which is M A R N I X. Last name is Kemmer, which is K E double M E. But if you find, if you try to find uh, Marnix and something with marketing and Benelux and, <laughs> and IBM Collaboration Solutions, then you'll you'll be able to find me. There are not so many Marnixes. And reminders of the uh, link for the outside the inbox site as well. And of course, yes, yeah, outside the inbox EU. Excellent. And once again, thank you for your work on that. I think it's a tremendous site to have launched. That's great. And mine, uh, my details are Stuart McIntyre on Twitter. You can find the blog at blog.collaborationmatters.com. So thank you all for taking part in This Week in Lotus. Um, just a quick uh, pimp my insight for me. Uh, Social Connections is going on in the 9th of December. Um, if you want to find out more about IBM Connections and take part in the user group, all the details are at socialconnections.info. There's still a few places left for that event. Um, but until next week, this was This Week in Lotus. Thanks and bye. All opinions expressed during this podcast are those of the participants only and do not necessarily represent those of their employer. Yo, Stuart. Yep. Congratulations, you got the name right, but you got the country wrong. <laughs> <laughs>